I remember the first time I went water skiing. It was the summer before my fourth grade year and my family had just moved to Tampa, Florida. One of my dad's colleagues invited us to come out on his boat on a weekend. I didn't know what I was getting into, but my dad said this is what we were gonna do with our Saturday. My sister Kate and I got on the boat and we watched a few of my dad and his friends get up on the skis and go down. And, and then my dad's friend, Glenn said, okay, who's next? And I thought, well, what do I have to lose? So I put on a life vest and I jumped in. I listened to what Glenn told me I needed to do. I needed to hold the rope in the middle in between my legs. I needed to keep my knees bent. And then as the boat pulled me up, I needed to lean into the rope as it was pulling. Well, I got up for about half a second. And then all of a sudden, my legs like did some sort of split thing and I was face first into the water. Glenn drove the boat around and he says, you did great as I am trying to remain above water and not choke on all this water that I have just swallowed. And he says, you wanna try again? I say, okay. So let's just say that I get up on the second time and I do a good job, even though it probably took me six more times. It was thrilling. And then I fell again. I think I finally got the hang of water skiing by 18 or so. But as I reflect on that first time of doing it, I remember, I remember thinking, this is so much fun. I am not that good at it, but I am so glad that I was willing to step out of the boat. It was such an adventure. The past four months have felt like an adventure, haven't they? My husband calls it Groundhog Day on repeat. I've heard others of you tell me that it feels more like being lost in a jungle without a trail map, without a guide, and you feel like a dinosaur might come get you at any time. Our director of family ministry, Kyle Bender, says something that has made me think, and it's that God is always up to something. I wonder, friends, if in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, God might be calling us on an adventure that we do not want to miss out on. What if God is up to something so big and huge? Well, we are going to look at an adventure today in Scripture, even though I don't think the disciples thought they were going to be going on an adventure. It's the afternoon, and Jesus has just finished this most amazing miracle of feeding 5,000 people with five loaves and some fish. And you have to imagine, after he's fed all of these people, he is exhausted. And so it takes until evening for him to get everybody back to their villages. And he sends the disciples on to cross the Sea of Galilee by boat. And the scripture tells us that he goes up on the mountainside to rest, to refuel, to recover. And honestly, he just needs to be by himself. And so it's late into the evening the morning is approaching and Jesus is just up on that mountainside praying with his heavenly father. What we find out from the text is that at this point, the disciples have made it into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. They've, they've gone in about four miles. What you need to know about the Sea of Galilee is that the reason it's called a sea, even though it's a lake, is that at its widest, it is almost eight miles wide. To give you a frame of reference, Lake Austin is a quarter mile wide 
at its widest point. And just like most large bodies of water, weather can just come in and out at any time. And so they get about halfway, they're in the middle of the sea, and then the winds begin to come up against the boat. The, the waves are crashing over. They would have been coming up onto the boat. They had to have been scared, knowing that they are too far out to make it back out of this, and they are too far out to jump into the water. And then suddenly, as it's still dark, but there's a moon, they see something coming towards them. It's a being of some sort, and, and the moon casts a shadow on this being, and they all think it's a ghost. And they're terrified. They're clutching onto each other. They're trying to figure out how can we be secure in this boat? But then suddenly they hear the voice say, take heart, do not fear, it is I. And they realize, oh, that's Jesus. And then in that moment, something happens. Peter says something. Now this would not have been surprising to the disciples because Peter always seemed to be the first one to say something. And honestly, he probably should have thought sometimes before he spoke. And Peter yells out to Jesus, if it is really you, Jesus, command me to come out to you on the water. I just imagine what the disciples were thinking at this point. Oh, there Peter goes again, always opening up his mouth. Why would Peter shout out to Jesus if Jesus was walking towards us? Shouldn't we just wait in the boat? Isn't the boat the safest place to be out here in the middle of this lake? Well, we might as well let Peter do what he's going to do and see if he makes a fool of himself. Better for only one person to look foolish. Or why don't we just wait here in the boat and see where the winds take us? See if the weather changed. Wait until it seems safer. You know, every single time I have looked at this passage in years past, I have always focused on Peter. I love this extreme poles of emotions that he just so courageously seems to step out of the boat and start walking towards Jesus. And then it's like in the very next breath, he gets scared to death and is reaching out for Jesus and says, Lord, save me. I picture Jesus just strong and confident as ever, reaching out his hand to Peter and then pulling him up out of the water and then Peter just embracing and clutching on to Jesus with everything that he has. I picture these two men in the middle of a sea, one of them very scared, one of them very strong. What I couldn't get past this time was why was Peter the only one who was willing to step out of the boat? Why was Peter the only one who seemed to have the courage to risk that where Jesus was was possibly more of an adventure than where he was in the security of that boat? What were all of the other disciples thinking? Why was it that Peter is the one that was willing to step out? You see, I think our tendency is our tendency is to choose the safe thing. My tendency is to want to stay in the place that seems comfortable, 
to stay in a place where things are kept at status quo. But I wonder, is God up to something? We certainly have been going through a time where the seas seem like they have been changing. What if Jesus is calling to us to step out of the boat? Can you imagine how different your life and my life would be if the people that came before us were not willing to step out of the boat? Can you imagine how different our understanding of what church is and what faith is would be if there had not been men and women willing to go on an adventure? Martin Luther knew God was calling him to consider forgiveness as something that could not be bought with money. He knew that God was calling him to see that you had salvation, not by works, but by grace alone. But Luther also knew that if he expressed these opinions, that he would lose all of his friends, all of his community, and he would be an outcast. But Luther took those 95 theses and he nailed them to a door in Wittenberg, Germany. Luther stepped out of the boat. Margaret Towner had a pre-med degree, but she had felt a calling to do ministry. But women were not ordained in the church. She knew that pursuing the, this, it would bring her a lot of criticism from both sides. If she was too aggressive, some people would say, you need to calm down. Others telling her, you should just leave ministry to men. But she let those criticisms slide down her back, and she focused on being patient and working together. She became the first ordained woman in the Presbyterian Church 64 years ago. Margaret stepped out of the boat. Lane Alderman had been the senior pastor at Roswell Presbyterian Church for seven years when the tragedy of 9-11 happened. And as he sat in those first few days after 9-11 and listened to the news and talked with church members on the phone, he realized a lot of judgments were being made about people that identify as Islamic. And he realized, you know what? I don't know one single Muslim. And so he decided he would reach out to the leader of the local masjid. A masjid is just a community center where Muslims can gather for worship and fellowship. That one phone call allowed for a white, mainline, Protestant man and a Middle Eastern descended Muslim American man to begin a relationship that to this day in the Atlanta area has continued conversations between people of the Christian tradition, people of the Islamic tradition, and now people also of the Jewish tradition. Lane was willing to step out of the boat. Nancy Miraquin was 51 years old when she finally gave in to God's call for her to plant a church. She had only been in ministry for two years. She had started in children's ministry before that and realized that her favorite thing about ministry was letting Jesus come alive for folks. 
her boss mentioned to her that he felt that there was a need for a Presbyterian church in the booming area of Dripping Springs, Texas. Nancy said she was compelled by the possibilities. She realized that that desire that she had to make Jesus exciting for children would easily translate to those that were unchurched or dechurched, meaning those that had just not been able to find a place for them. But it, it was safe to stay in parish ministry in an established congregation. Here she was, a middle-aged woman, trying to plant a church. Nancy stepped out of the boat, and the Dripping Springs Presbyterian Church was formed. What some of you might not know is that the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church had something to do with that. Before that church was planted, Nancy came to the leadership of this church and asked for financial support and asked for us to take courage and to step out of the boat to where Jesus was calling her. And I am proud to say that our church supported the creation of that church almost more than double of any local church in our area. Friends, our world, our country, our city, we need more Christians who are willing to step out of the boat. We need more of us who are willing to take courage, seeing that God might be calling us to an adventure. Since the turn of the 21st century, it is no surprise to us that the number of people that want to identify with a Christian denomination is plummeting. This is not news to any of us. An entire market has been created to try to bring salvation to the church. I have read a hundred articles over the past 15 years about how to attract millennials, how to keep the empty nesters present, how to boost giving in younger generations, how to attract, attract younger generations who don't like institutions as much. There is only one consistent theme in all of this research that has been done, and that is that the church of yesterday cannot remain the same. We cannot look back to keeping things comfortable, the status quo, or the way things have always been. We cannot wait to see if the wind will change in our favor. Friends, we have been and are in a boat that has less and less people each year. But what if, what if God is allowing us to see what it's like to do church in a different way in this season? What if this is God wanting us to step out of the boat and walk towards Jesus? COVID-19 has upended everyone's lives and it has forced us and challenged us, the church, to try different and better and creative ways of doing ministry and life together. Faith is no longer just going to church on Sunday or celebrating with family at a wedding or grieving as a community at a funeral. Growing in community 
is no longer hosting a dinner party or meeting people by the pool or at your neighborhood gym or even having chit chat around the office. And serving, serving is no longer as easy as going on a mission trip or signing up for a truck run or holding babies in our nursery during worship. I think this is a time for the church, for the followers of Christ to step out of the boat. You know, we are like the disciples, that boat in the middle of the sea. It seems like waves of anxiety suddenly will hit us at any point in the day. It seems like a wind blows us and we think not one more time. So many things are causing us to be afraid and to doubt. Friends, we have a savior who is not sunk, who gives in to no storm at any time. What if Jesus is asking us to trust in him and to step out of the boat? Step out knowing that Jesus is bringing us to live out our faith in new and creative ways. And I want you to know as a local church, your opinions and your dreams and your visions for how this can look and how it is happening, we want to hear about it. God, I think, is calling all of us to a huge adventure. And I love adventure. Will you join me? May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.